Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courtside Sign Off Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shevanoff. Welcomed always by the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Obviously, we got some Bellator to recap. We got some Eagle FC to recap. Just give our quick thoughts about that. UC Vegas 46 going down this weekend from the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, as well as a couple of fight announcements, just some other stuff going on in the combat sports world. As always, we are brought to you by Rogue Energy. RogueEnergy.com. If you want 10% off your order, use code SOUNDOFF at checkout. This code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all the energy needs. Amazing sponsor of the show, as always. Uh, we'll have some sponsor news next week, one I'm actually really excited for. But for now, just be sure to use code SOUNDOFF at checkout at RogueEnergy.com. Last – wait, Saturday night. Yeah, right, Saturday. Uh, from the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona, Ryan Bader's homecoming in his home city against Valentin Moldovsky, the young protege of the one Fedor Omelikinenko. Uh, honestly, dude. He turned back the clock. Uh, Belter 273 was a night for the old men, at least in the main. In the, the main <laughs> uh, and he's facing this young prodigy out of Russia, actually Ukraine, never mind. Ver, don't want to make that mistake right now. Whoa, whoa Josh. <laughs> don't want to make that mistake right now. But regardless, Ryan Bader wins VU Nam's decision uh, of grappling heavy fights. Uh, Bader actually nearly knocked him out in the first round, which was, I thought I was having you know flashbacks to the Fedor fight. Uh, and it, Valentin Moldovsky survives, puts on a good performance. In the end, he comes up just short. I saw some people agreed with the scorecard. Some people disagreed. Angel, what were your thoughts on Ray, Ryan Bader unifying the Bellator heavyweight title and getting the dub on Saturday? You know, congrats to him, right? Obviously awesome for an older fighter to find success at this point in his career. And obviously him seeing that the weight change is a good thing for him, right? And at the same time, you know, it didn't come with controversy, Josh. I, I heard around, I, I saw the first three rounds and, you know, like I said, at that point, it was, in my opinion, 2-1 Moldovsky, and I ended up missing the championship rounds because I had to go to work. Let me clarify. So it, it was justified, you know, so don't give me no Angel, hate. Was this not your job, bro? What the fuck, I, man? But believe it or not, it's not, Josh, I don't sit on my ass and watch fights all day. I, as much as I wish I could do that, I can't. <laughs> but uh, Lame. I know, right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, like I said, it didn't come without controversy. But, man, I mean, it's not like Bader wasn't doing good things or wasn't doing good things in the fight that could have led him to win. Um, like you, uh, like I talked to you in the pre-show, we were talking in the green room, you know, you said you didn't have any <laughs> issues with it. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'll believe, you know, I know we've had some disagreements in recent time with some fights, but, uh, I mean, good, big win for Bader, but, uh, we're coming out of this with some disappointment, Josh, mm. uh, because right then and there, they announced Czech Congo versus fucking Ryan Bader in France. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's just get right into it, Josh. I'm not even going to skip a beat. Four months from now, Ryan Bader will defend his title against Czech Congo in Paris. Mm-hmm. And let me go ahead and preface by what I'm about to say by saying that I like a lot of um, Congo's fights, especially the Belto run has been, in my opinion, one of the most underrated, most overlooked stories in MMA. We're talking about a guy that's nearly – he's older than Fedor. He's yeah. old. He is 46 Holy years fuck. old. He will be 47 by the time this fight takes place. However, with that being said, he has won something like 10 of his last 12 fights. He only has, And even then, one of those was like a no contest. And during that stretch, he's knocked out Tim Johnson. He's beaten Vitaly Minikov. He's beaten Karatanov. 
He's beaten Volkov. He's beaten so many Augusto Sakai. He beat him as well. He's on such an underrated run. However, last time they fought each other, Congo was getting his ass kicked so hard that he he went ahead and faked an eye poke to get out of the fight. And I and he's gone one and one since then. I said it on Twitter. I don't think Scott Coker, Scott Coker could book David versus Goliath properly. You have a fight that is perfect. Like both Bader, Bader and Fedor have said they will fight. Fedor wants it. You have an opportunity to have an amazing send-off that the entire world will be watching. Because so let's be honest here. A lot of time people don't watch Bellator. They just don't care. But you sit a fight. Fedor, the greatest of all time, in my opinion. One of the greatest of all time. You put him in his home country against a man that he lost to. He has a chance to not only avenge himself, but avenge his protege who just lost to him. They both said they won it. Fedor is sitting cage side. He's there. And then they bring in Congo. And we saw Congo get mauled by him. <laughs> like in like in late 2019, early 2020, he got mauled by him. I understand. So no contest because he faked an eye poke. But I don't know. Man, what are your thoughts? I mean, or maybe you're more approving of it than I am. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, dude, Congo last time out impressed me. But if I remember right, he had trouble in that fight too, didn't he? Until he he, he was able to hurt uh, his opponent. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He, it was a it was a banger. They both got hurt. Yeah, yeah, it was a banger. They were both hurt. It was one of those. I I, I rem, but I do remember he had some trouble and he ended up getting the submission. And he got tired. I remember he got tired, didn't he? Or someone got tired in that fight. Uh, they both got super tired. Yeah, they both got super tired. And Bader didn't look tired in this fight either. He went the distance too. So, not a good look for him. But it's not like I'll put it like this, Josh. Uh, the one thing that justifies it, it's not like Congo isn't deserving of this fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. in my opinion like you can't say that he's not fully deserving of it with what he's done at his advanced age whether there's some sauce there or not you know we're not gonna oh get i'm sure he's on the sauce but who really cares but uh all, they all are it's Bellator. but uh regardless man you know he, he it's gonna be a good fight it's in france it's scary for bader right a lot of pressure there but a lot of pressure for congo too mm-hmm. uh and man, if if Vader is to lose, man, I mean they're probably gonna rebook him and make a trilogy, and like the Vader fight just fades away, I think, dude, because Vader's gonna be too old. The Vader fight's gonna fade away anyway, because I think Vader said that he's gonna fight in June. Oh shit! Who do you think in, he would fight Russia. then? I mean, maybe. I mean, what JDS is booked, Overeem's booked. They both said that. I mean, Roy Nelson said he might fight him, but that's about. Oh, I heard that. That would be a, that'd be a banger though. That'd be. We also gotta remember, dude. Roy's lost like his last six fights. That's yes. not that fun to me, at least in but, my opinion. But Fedor is like forty something, yeah. Roy's pretty old too. I think Roy's like forty-three. I mean, it would make sense, but I, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be kind of. Who, who would you like to see out of the old guys? It's not like we can out get of the like old guys, dude. I'd be down for a Mark Hunt rematch. Oof. I'd be down for. Um... And it's, it's not like Verdum is like in his best days either. Verdum, I'd be fine. I mean, maybe even Bigfoot Silva. Honestly, let him avenge that one. Verdum, actually, there, I, th- I threw Verdum out there not thinking too hard about that. That would require were... a, promo- a co-promotion with PFL, though. Yeah, that, sure yeah, that, that. yeah, and that wouldn't happen. Or maybe so, would. I don't know. There's slim pickings, if we're being honest, in terms of who he could fight, which is Was why it... the Bader fight made a lot of sense. No, you're right. And who else do they have on their heavyweight round? Jack Swagger, Josh, a.k.a. Jake Hager. <laughs> I well, I don't want to say that it won't happen just because I don't want to live in – I don't think he'd win, but I don't want to live in a universe where it's even possible for Jack Swagger to hold a win over Fedor. Josh, we live in a world where Jake Paul has a win over Tyron Woodley. That one's – okay, but that one's, like, bad, like, out of context, you know? 
Like, yes. if you told somebody five years ago that'd be crazy, J.K. <laughs> even, even even now, even now, him getting a win is still bad because he's not. I like him a lot. as like a guy. I like a lot. I like him a lot as a human being. Fun dude. Cool guy. He's not a very good MMA fighter. Not at this point, and he also hasn't fought a lot. So there's a lot of reasons why. Yeah. But he's also very old, too. He's like. No, no love for my boy Jack Swagger, Josh. I'm surprised they even pushed him harder. I understand because he's in AEW that, like, they don't. I guess maybe he doesn't it's want to. But, like, yeah. his last fight was a banger, too. I think he fought a, a guy who was, like, a former Pittsburgh Steelers player who's, like, who's, like, 3 0, Brandon Carlson. That was a hell of a fight in uh, 2020. So. Surprised he hasn't done more, honestly. I think he's actually ranked. I think he's ranked number ten or something in the uh, Beltor Heavyweight Division. That's dope. But he got removed. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess that one might make sense. But I don't know, man. I think the the Bader fight made all the sense in the world, but they went away from it. But um, so up. we're not going to see that old man get a title shot. However, Angel, hey, there may Bader's... be another old man hey. who's going to get a title shot. I know. Benson Henderson in the co-main event. Let's just go and remind people, Benson Henderson. <laughs> 38 years old, he's lost three fights in a row, and uh, if we're being honest, not too many of them were very close either. Taking on a 20-1 monster from Russia, Islam Mamadov, pulls off the upsets, split decision win Benson Henderson, and one of the biggest upsets of the year. And and apparently, Scott Coker told him beforehand, he's like, what do I got to do to get a title shot? Scott Coker told him, beat Mamadov. And he did. <laughs> yeah, so what do you think about Benson now. Henderson moving forward in Bellator? Uh, it's not going to last very long with the way he's talking. I'll tell you what. It doesn't seem like he plans on being here uh, very long. And apparently he talked a bit to Habib, right? Like There were some talks there. Yeah, he said he was joking with Habib. He clarified on uh, the MMA Hour that if he uh, he's looking to re- uh, re-sign with Bellator and then potentially retire after he wins the lightweight title. I don't know. We'll see what he does. I mean... Shit, PFL just – oh, that's some other news, Josh. Jeremy Stevens, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. But, but uh, yeah. I mean, he's fought the guy before. There's some history there. It was a split decision last time out, Josh. Can he get it done this time? I, uh, if he fights like how he does, he does against Mamadov, it's possible. Um, I watched that fight whenever he was first coming in, dude. Because Benton, people forget, he had so much height coming into Bellator. Like, he was the dude. Like – he was one of their first super big free agent signings. Like he was coming, uh, Henderson was not far off from a title shot. And, um, you know, he just beat Jorge Masvidal actually. And he beat Brandon Thatcher who at the time was super hyped up. You know, he was only like a year or two removed from being the champ. <clears throat> and then he gets fucked up by Andre Korshkov in a brutal beating. Um, he beats Patricio via a leg injury, but nothing happened. He lo- loses to Michael Chandler in one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. That Pitbull fight, the one against Patricky, I don't remember anything about it. Uh, so I probably <clears throat> should have rewatched that one. But yeah, man, I don't honestly remember anything about that fight. From what I remember, though, it was a really inactive fight. Like, neither guy did a whole lot. That's why it was a split decision. My biggest complaint with Hendo uh, has always been that he's not active, especially. Sometimes he does it, and sometimes he'll actually go and put in the effort. But a lot of times, it just feels he doesn't really do much. If he puts in more activity, I think he could be Patricky. Um, but we'll have to see if Patricky even has the belt because Sydney Outlaw, he may be coming for that strap, man. <laughs> but yeah, man. One, I mean, one last thing. Did you actually think he won the fight against Mavidov? I know some people thought that he actually got a bit of a gifted decision there. Uh, you know, there was some controversy. I gotta give credit to Benson though because he did fight. You know, he did fight off those submissions. He was really active. 
I'm not gonna get up in arms about it. Good for him. It's it is what it is. It, uh, like I told you, I didn't have any issue with these. I it's a lot of the stuff that I heard. I ended up like I said missing some of these fights because I had to go to work. But it's it it's kind of sad because I got to see pretty much everything before it. So, but that's just how it goes, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, as far as the undercard goes, what are the coming up? What are some of the other fights you want to go ahead and touch on? Oh man, we got to give credit to Josh. You know, it's not Michelle Pea, it's not Michael Chandler, it's the boss Wamasi. <laughs> exciting man in MMA. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not joking around. He's an exciting fighter, but he he came back, man, with a big win over uh, Jaleel Willis. That's a good W in Bellator, man, for him. And he had a lot of support from his team that night. Shit, uh, he he got it done, dude. That that was a good way to rally back. I'm really happy for him. Mm-hmm. Me too, man. And look, I've always thought that Sabah Hamasi got a bit of a, a bit of a rough go in, in the UFC. I mean, he faced Tim Means on super short notice, but that was a banger of a fight. Like that was an all that was a, such an entertaining fight. People don't really remember because it happened on the undercard of Connor versus Nate too. So I understand why everybody was like a bit in awe, but that was a really fun fight. And then he had, you know, the the, the two fights with Abdul Hazak Al Hassan, and you know, that dude's in his prime was one of the hardest hitters I've ever seen. Um, so him losing, that's not really a big deal. So I honestly thought he got a bit of a rough go in the UFC. But, dude, Beltor, he's put together a nice run for himself. Uh, I don't – is he ranked? I believe he is. Probably. If not, he should be. But, uh, yeah, dude, he's a um, very fun guy. He's put on some amazing fights in Beltor. I could not be happier for him personally. But, yeah, dude, the, the, that was your highlight fight. I got to go ahead and highlight one that's uh, – it's just sad to me. Um, Darion Caldwell, dude. Um I, I never would have expected him all those years ago, like 2015, 2016, him going on a hell of a run, becoming the champ, and just I never thought it would come. Like he's he just melted down it, it, ever since that Horiguchi loss. Those losses, rather, it's just been her, like horrifying for him. This is third straight loss. Um, what was this? What would this be? Like five of his last seven have been losses. Um, and this one was just bad, dude. It, it, he just gassed out. He's beating Barzola, Enrique Barzola. And then just he gassed out, got ground and pound finish, and it was just a shame, dude. I, I like in terms of wasted potential. I, I guess it's a hard call. I guess it's a, that's a bit harsh. Hey, Enrique ain't bad though. He, he's no, he's no. A good I guess fighter. yeah, he that he's a good fighter. I think it's probably a bit harsh to call him wasted potential because he was a Bellator champion, but I don't know, man. He had such a fast decline. He really did. No, but, no, you're not. You're not wrong. <clears throat> it, it it was lackluster for him. And hey, man, hopefully he can rally back. Put some wins together, get back on track, maybe get another title shot one day. True, true. We'll have to go ahead and see. But, dude, as far as the rest of the card goes, I thought it was all right. I mean, Chris Gonzalez, I think that kid's still a great prospect. Um, he got pushed hard, out. though. He got pushed hard in his last fight. That's true. And Goichi's a, a hell of a guy, dude. Very good. Uh, but him knocking out Saeed Awa in the way that he did, that's a good-ass sign, dude. Saeed's a bad, bad man. Um, a bit past his prime, sure, but he's never been beaten as easily. Like, as we saw. So, um, yeah, man, we'll have to go ahead and keep an eye on Chris Gonzalez moving forward. Overall, a really, really fun Bellator card. I think that a lot of time Bellator has these big cards where they kind of, um, you know, disappoint. I mean, there's no other way to say it. This one, bangers all the way through. Even the opening fight, sadly, Ben Parrish lost. Yo, I told I told you, though, about Sullivan Colley, bro. I told you, you know, he had some wrestling uh, and from a college wrestling background. And, you know, he trains with Vader and he was going to be a menace. That's true. But regardless, a bit, a bit disappointing, but still, that was still a fun fight, you know, and up and down the card, a lot of fun fights, dude. So can't even complain, can't even complain. 
Um, but it was not the only MMA event that went down. Obviously, I feel like uh, Bellator kind of flew under the radar partially because it was Eagle FC's U.S. debut. Uh, obviously, yeah, this one's been hyped up for a while. <clears throat> and overall, I thought it delivered. And in terms of the main events, Sergey Karatanov defeating Tyrone Spawn. Rashad Evans got a nice one in the co-main. Ray Borg got a win. But I don't think this is really much to talk about in terms of fights. Uh, because I don't think any one of these are really that important in the grand scheme of things. But what is your st- overall impression? Eagle FC, the first US, U.S. show, uh, they debuted a lot of stuff. They had a lot of special guest analysts there. What are your thoughts on them as a promotion after one show in? I mean, it, it, it's fun, man. It has potential. My whole thing is I feel like they should really aim to be like a KSW-type promotion, man, like really like local with some other guys from other countries. But really stick to your long, your young talent and make them blow up because they have Habib as the guy. You know what I mean? Because KSW is massive, man. You've seen those arenas. They get filled up, and that's Poland, dude. You don't yeah. think as Poland is this massive country, and it's no disrespect to Poland. Much love to all my Polish people out there. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying, I, you know. No, no, I know, I know. You know, I know. Shout out, you know, shout out Papa Biceps. If you know, you know. That's all I'm going to say. He's fighting this weekend. But no, you know, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. But, uh. Yeah, you know, it, but you know what I mean? You know, you don't think about these countries and these promotions like KSW is like these massive things, man. You know, it's not like a even like a one FC. I feel like a one FC is even bigger. You know what I mean? At least to my eyes, to an extent. Uh, I, I think they they could be really big in, in their region and be massive and blow up and do a lot for young talent and develop guys and make them champions in their area and also bring guys from outside who can be big names from, you know, maybe some other promotions, some older guys, some legends and have fun fights and they don't need to do shows in the states all the time they just need to i think they, they need to stick to their guns stay local be massive out there because they're gonna get a lot of love man and they could fill up some massive arenas mm-hmm. especially in that country man where people love fighting and they love combat and you see those crazy press conferences out there in europe man like <laughs> and, and with all the talent in europe and and all the the ability and and, and the fact that you know habib's gonna treat all their champions with respect and and pay them all well and give them their you know give them the best opportunity to reach a, a high level i think they they have a high ceiling if they desire to reach it and it's going to be hard man it's hard to run a promotion uh i think it's just dependent and they like i said i feel like they're doing a lot of things right but they need to they really need to figure out what their identity is going to be you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah man it's um honestly i think that they are in a uh, an interesting position now where they have a good mix of veterans and plus those young prospects out of Russia. It, it's interesting. It, it's very interesting what's going to go ahead and happen moving forward with them. Overall, I thought first show in, very fun. I thought it was very, really good. Um, you had, like, Chael Sonnen doing some analyst stuff. You had Henny Cejudo there. You had Kamaru Usman there. It was very professional for, you know, what's standardly. I, I kind of expected a bit of a regional base kind of feeling show. I, I wouldn't say it's as high production quality as, like, a bell tour or something, but... It's somewhere in the mix there, man. It's actually it was very, very – it was a good show overall. I had a lot of fun watching it. But, yeah, man, we'll keep an eye on them moving forward. Obviously, they have a show coming up in March, which could be Kevin Lee versus Diego Sanchez at 165. Oh, God. Um, which we talked about, you know. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that more. When, when is that again? Can you, can you repeat that one more time for us? Uh, I believe it's going to be March 11th, but I don't know for sure. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure I heard you right there. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and keep – uh, an eye on that we'll talk about that when that's actually coming up but angel there is some usc this weekend um and your boy sean strickland is back uh usc apex February my boy 4th, whoa Las josh vegas, <laughs> UC vegas 46 
headlined by a middleweight contender bout, one week away from the middleweight title bout. Jack Hermanson, Sean Trickson squaring off. Winner of this could be getting a title fight next. Very good fight, man. Uh, both these guys ranked in the top 10. Jack Hermanson, you know, he is 2-2 two and two in his last four, but you got to look deeper in that, man. Uh, he lost a Cannoneer, lost a tough fight to Vittori, which is a great fight. Scored wins for Shabazi and Gaslam. Sean Strickland, on the other hand, on a great, great winning streak. Five wins in a row. Uh, four of those being at middleweight. Um, during that stretch, he's beaten Uriah Hall, Christoph Jocko, Brennan Allen, Jack Marshman, and Nordine Taleb. A couple of nice names in that stretch. Um, you know, never expected Sean Strickland to be in the title conversation, but now he is. He's on a great run. Do you think he gets to win on Saturday? Do you think he earns the title shot? Hey, man. Look, I, first of all, Josh, I'm not even going to talk a lot about Sean Strickland fighting right now. I'm going to talk about everything Sean Strickland has done outside of fighting. Have oh, you okay. seen Have you seen the MTV Cribs uh, little video he made, Josh, of his apartment and how he's living in his living conditions? And uh, Dude, I think it is terrifying that, we're, that we let Sean Strickland have a gun. <laughs> dude, multiple. Multiple guns. He's like, this is the one I take if I'm take, going to a bad area. He's like, this is the one I take if I'm going to get mail and there might be a crackhead and I need to take him out. Like, yeah, dude. like it is. Jesus Christ, man. Like, <laughs> and then he, you know, he's talking at a press conference about guys fight just for pussy. His words, not mine. Yeah, that, no, that's exactly, respect yeah, that's exactly women. what he said. That's not our opinion. <laughs> yeah, respect women. Okay. So, and uh, what's her name? The gal who does all the. Uh, yeah, Amy Kaplan. Amy Kaplan, thank you. Yeah. She was there, and she was like, you know, this was an interesting. It was interesting me being here as the only woman and hearing all of this. <laughs> yeah, she she she's great. It was really really funny. Um, yeah, man, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Um, Sean, man, I don't even know what to say about him. To be completely honest with you, he's he's, uh, he's a he's a scary guy, man. If that guy was champ, I think we would be. I think the UFC would be terrified. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Actually, I don't. I take that back. I don't think they would be. The reason why I say that is because otherwise they they probably would have just either cut him by now or they would have just given him like the treatment of putting him like on the early prelims. But this is his second straight main event. Like I, I think, I think they're in the Sean Strickland business, bro. I think dude, all, they're on the whole thing. Like all, all, what is it? All attention is good attention. Yes. That's yeah, what they're man. on until you know Sean Strickland kills somebody. Yeah, but you know something, Josh. You know we'll, 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 we'll rally it back for us, man. As far as the fight, man, look. I think Sean Strickland's going to take this W, man. I think Jack Romanson has had a hard time taking him down. If you look back at all his fights, he doesn't get mm. taken down a lot. Mm. Little to nothing. Even in that Kamaru Usman fight, two of eight takedowns landed on Sean Strickland. Granted, that was a he did get cut. massacred in that fight, though. He did, but that, it's been it's been a few years. And we know and you know we know what Kamaru's level is now. Sean is fighting at 185 now. Kind of changed a bit and he has some good wrestling capabilities too now he's kind of developed some stuff i mean you remember he took your eye down quite a few times in that last fight for jack i think for him he's gonna have trouble getting him down he's gonna have to do it against the cage you know really work for it maybe try to get a trip or something it's gonna be too hard i think on the stand-up sean's gonna give a lot of pressure make it really hard for jack not give him an easy time constant pressure constant pressure and uh He's just going to give him a tough night, man. He's going to be a tough guy who's just going to be right in his face, constantly on him, pressure, 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 constant pressure. And it's just going to be too much for Jack Hermanson. For sure. And I think I like Jack Hermanson a lot, but I've always thought he lacks that fully complete game. 
to be like an actual title challenger. I mean, it's possible he could win this one. I mean, it's more than possible. Oh yeah, he can get a submission. I can see it. You know, and the thing about Jack Marinson is he's so good that he really just needs to get a hold of you. But dude, Josh Lickson has very underrated grappling. He's only ever, he's never been submitted once. Um, and like you mentioned, like the Kamaru Usman fight, he got battered, but that was more just like him laying on him, pressuring him, so on and so forth. He didn't get taken down too many times. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, he's a he, he's a he's a good dude. I mean, he honestly is. I never thought Sean Jackson would be a title challenger. I always saw him as like kind of like a meme guy. Like I never thought he'd be that great. Um, but he's been on this great run, dude. He really has been. And I think he's, I think you're right. I think he's gonna pull out the win here. I like Jack Manson a lot, but dude, like I said, he lacks that fully completed game. His wrestling's good. <clears throat> His wrestling's good, but it kind of lacks that that full. He lacks kind of like the full repertoire to get the fight down to the mat. If he can, it's kind of GG. His grappling is very, very good. But he kind of lacks that full ability to get it down there. And his striking is pretty average. I mean, it's not anything to write home about. He's not really great at pressuring guys. He doesn't really have full knockout power either. Um, so, yeah, man, it's, it's possible he can get the win. But we'll have to go ahead and see. We'll have to see. And Sean Jackson, you know, even if he uh, – even if Jack Manson lands a couple good shots on him, Sean Strickland has a fucking chin, dude. I mean, he is – been knocked out what once and it was like some freak like uh yeah it was a spinning wheel kick that put him out uh, in brazil and uriah hall tagged him a couple of times and uriah's got a lot of power dude he didn't even phase him uh so yeah man i'm gonna take sean strickland in the main event never thought i'd be saying that and i think it's a title shot next i think we're gonna be looking at sean strickland versus israel adesanya or robert whitaker don't want to give my pick away um uh, <laughs> but we might be looking into him fighting for the title later this year which is just surreal Co-main events, um, let's just be honest. Uh, I, I want to say it's a bit of a weak one, um, but I understand their their thought process here. Uh, Pionale Serrano, or excuse me, Soriano, um, taking on Nick Maximov. Uh, both of these guys are somewhat interesting prospects in the UFC middleweight division. Obviously, Maximov is 7-0. and uh, Obviously, Nick Diaz Academy product. Coming off a win at UFC 266, taking on Soriano, and he is eight and one with his only loss in the UFC being to Brendan Allen. Before that, he scored a couple of nice wins, got two knockout wins in the UFC. Very interesting fight here. I like when they kind of put these kind of prospect fights together when, you know, they're kind of early on in the road and they both have high promise. Uh, who do you got in this co- this kind of weird co-main event? But I think it has the capacity to be very very fun. On hell, you are muted. You know, I was talking too, by the way. I was going. To I knew you were. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no. So I was gonna say, uh, as far as the main event, or dude, for a co-main event, it's weird. I I really thought that Sam Alvey, Brendan Allen should have been the co-main event. Obviously, Brendan Allen something on a short notice, at being at 205. A lot of change up there originally at 185. Sam was supposed to fight Phil Haas. Yep, correct. Oh no. So I guess it was 205 originally, right? Phil Haas fights at 205, right? Yep. Actually, never mind, never. That would have been a 185, 185. Yeah, okay, so I was right, 185, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Um, I'm just thrown off by it, man. I like, I, I, I really don't know if they deserve that co-main event spot. No disrespect to the guys. Can't, doesn't mean they can't get there. I just I just felt maybe that those guys could be deserved. Even Brian, Brian Battle, Treshawn Gore would have made a little bit more sense because of the fucking... Uh, the tough background. The tough background, and obviously Brian being the tough winner, but this is kind of like the re-tough fight because they were supposed to fight for it anyways, so it's weird. Regardless, though, we are here. 
Uh, I think it's a banger, man. I mean, both guys got solid stand-up. Uh, Maxwell got some good ground game, stuff on the ground that he could do. I think if Serrano gets his hands going early on, is able to really establish himself. He's one of those guys, man, he could be a loose cannon. But if if he if he starts coming back and, and, he, and he starts getting pressured himself and, and starts getting taken down and, and having to work and not being able to, to have let his hands go, I feel like it could be a rough night for him. I don't know what Nick's game is going to be. If it does end up being that, I think it would be a bad night for Soriano. Uh, I, I think it's a pick em fight, man. I, you know, Both these guys are really young, very early on in their career. Similar records to an extent. Obviously, I don't know about exact you know finishes and decisions and all that. But as far as the level of experience, they have age. Uh, one guy has a few years on the other. But, I mean, this is a fight game. Anything can happen. I go with Soriano, man. I'm high on him. I still think he has a high ceiling. But if you pick Nick here, Josh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I am actually going to pick Nick Maximoff here. Um, look, I, I was actually going to be honest. I'm not, I was not super impressed with his debut. Um, but, I mean, I, it was a unanimous decision victory over uh, Cody Brundage, who's not bad. Um, but I feel like whenever Nick Maximoff, given his hype, I feel like he probably should have gotten a more um, definitive victory. Um, he's been hyped up for a long time out of the Nick and Nick Nick and Nate Diaz camp. I mean, um, they both he's been trained by them for a long time. Um, very young kid, only 24. I'm gonna pick him. I think he has a lot of high promise. I think the fact that he's still so young and is currently six fights in, uh, he's only gonna keep on getting better. I'm kind of counting on the fact that that one fight was a bit of a one-off. Um, yeah, man, Soriano. I, he's interesting, but I do think. I don't know. He might be the more completed prospect, actually. As of this moment, he might be the more completed guy. But I think in long term, Maximov has more potential. I'm going to go and take him right now. Not really, like, right now, I'm going to take uh, Maximov. Right um, fucking meow, Josh. Right fucking meow. Um, but yeah, dude. I, like I said, I would always probably Soriano wins just because we don't know a whole lot about either one of these guys. Uh, they're both going to keep on getting better. And right now, Soriano might be the better guy. But I'm going to go and take the chance on Maximov. Um, I just think he has a lot of potential. So we'll go ahead and see. Obviously, he's still only 7-0, 24 years old. Even if he loses this one, not the end of him. Uh, looking on down the card, what are some of the other fights that you want to go and highlight? I mean, Josh, we just got to go one down, bro. I always got to shout out my boy, Carlston Harris. But he's taking on a fucking demon at 170. Dude, dude, Shakvat Rachmanov. Dude, Kazakhstanian fucking beast, dude, from Kazakhstan. 14-0, Josh. Every single fight's been a finish. Yep. Yeah, he's a monster, dude. He already he's he's I don't okay. Look, there's a lot of good prospects that you see right now, but Chavkov Romanov might be the prospect. I understand everybody's high on Chimaev. I think he's only one down from Chimaev. He's yes. that good. He's that good, dude. And you think of my boy Carlson Harris, man. I, you know I'm nervous for my boy Carlson, but hey, man, if he gets this win here, big win for him. He's a hard to finish dude. He's only ever been finished one time in his career. That was back in 2018. I mean, he's capable of a lot, man. He has a good ground game. Uh, I, I think Shotgun's gonna keep this one on the on the feet though. Uh, I'm not gonna make an official pick because we don't do official picks, but yeah, I, I I'm excited for that one, man. Yeah, same. It's gonna be a hell of a fight, dude. Carlson Davis, very excuse me, Harris, uh, very good guy, very very good. I think he's a bit outgunned in this one, but I would also not be surprised if he actually pulls off a win. He's been getting progressively better each time he shows up in the octagon. And he fought um, three times last year, actually four yeah. times, I think, including with didn't the he, one he, he beat him to two, if I'm correct, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so he's only getting better, dude. He got input cut. No, I was kidding. 
um yeah he he's very good shaka romano though dude he's a he's a monster he's he's that guy dude <clears throat> he beat michelle Perez. Perez? i still have no idea how to pronounce his name um anyways the, the little tank the little tractor i think was just literally his nickname tractor um yeah he's a unit he knew he was on a lot of steroids uh and he beat him dominated him he beat, Al- <laughs> he beat alex Oliveira, and Oliveira, you know i understand i think Oliveira's past his prime now um, I understand he is only 33, but that's a old 33, my guy. He's been through some shit. Um, uh, and he just dominated him, too. Like, you know, he was on a nice winning streak before that. So uh, he's he's a monster as far as a prospect goes. Um, you know, our boy Sam Alvey, uh, you know, this is a tough fight for him. Let's just be honest. He This is his third opponent change, hey, I believe. It is at 205, though, so he doesn't it have is to tell Wade anymore. And Brendan Allen is taking this on extremely short notice, and he just got knocked out less than two months ago. Yes. So if there's going to be a rebound, it should be this one. But, like, he's had a rough go, obviously. It's kind of a meme at this point um, that Alvi has lost so many fights in a row or he's winless. Now, granted, I thought he clearly beat Dan Jung. So I thought that was Rob. I also thought he'd be willing to determine. He's had a couple of split decisions in that stretch. He's had a couple of rough losses. Julian and Marcus a Ryan fan, dude. Yeah, he's had three of those losses, three via split. Um, well, actually, one of those was a draw, but, you know, three split decisions during his recent stretch. Uh, he had an absolute war against Julian Marquez. He's had a rough streak, man. Um, early stoppage against Jimmy Crude, I thought. He just had a really rough stretch. So when people talk about, like, dude, why the fuck is Sam Alvey still in the UFC? I mean, like, are there people that have been released that probably, you know, Sam Alvey should have been before them? Yeah, probably. But I don't blame him for that. Like, I've never had – I don't understand people that have beef with Sam Alvey. Also, he's really good for the promotion. He fights at multiple weight classes, and he's very available. So it's very convenient for them to keep him around. Yeah, and he, you know, he's he's everywhere. He'll he's, do anything. And he's a good guy. He, he he's a great guy, great human being. And also, you know, I think part of like the memes about him have kind of like gone beyond reality. I think the fact that he's he's just had a lot of tough fights recently, dude. Yeah. Um, but if you look back like 2016, 2017, he was a legitimate top 15, top 10 guy. Like he's he's I don't think he's that anymore, but that's what you, you think, know, Josh. But Jones just ran away at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all to avoid. He was all to avoid smiling Sam, bro. Um, and just aside, love Sam Alvey, former friend of the show, Sam Alvey. Friend of the show, Sam Alvey. Shout out, Sam. I just want to go and point out something real quickly. Like of guys that have showed up on the show, I don't think we've won like a single fight like since. I mean, granted, it's a very small sample size, but um, our boy. Uh, Brian Maxwell has not won a fight since he showed up. Thank Josh. Uh, we cur- we curse these guys. Sam Alvey has not won a fight since he showed up. Anthony Taylor didn't even come on the show, but he was scheduled, and he has not won a fight since. Whoa, Josh, uh, you just announced that. <laughs> no, I was kidding. Huh? I didn't. Even, I didn't know we were making that public. No, I was no, no. I mean, like we even no, had it. It, it, it was, was public knowledge. Yeah, <clears throat> it was public knowledge. We even announced it, but he, like just got scheduling stuff um, came up. But we're still on good terms. Love Anthony, good dude. Um. Yeah, but even then, he was supposed to come on the show. He has not won a fight since. Uh, Mike Jackson has not fought since, but he's had multiple fights fall through. So we're just cursing. But they rebooked that one, though. They rebooked that one. They did rebook that one for, fuck, I want to say April? March, maybe? Fuck, we're hoping, dude. He might win that one, man. I'm I'm telling people the truth. Mike the Truth Jackson got some good boxing, man. He's taking on Dean Barry. Dean Barry's a good prospect. April 23rd, that fight's going down. Um, Yeah. 
So, yeah, man, that's going to be an interesting fight. But, yeah, these guys have, do not win since they come on the show. So, um, don't no, nobody please inform the fighters of the courtside sign-off curse. Um, I think, like, their combined record is something, like, crazy. It's, like, 0-8-1 or something um, across, like, those four guys. So, yeah, man, rough one, rough one. But regardless, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting fight. Brendan Allen, I think if there's a time for Sam Alba to get a win, it's now. I think the, the Phil Hawes fight was a terrible matchup for him. Um, but now you have Brendan Allen taking the fight on, like, three days' notice, four days' notice, and he's fighting up at 205. He just got knocked out two, less than two months ago. Like, now's the time. But also, dude, this this you know what this card's like sneaky deep. Not to like a oh, lot it of is. it is. I was looking it, into it. Yeah, to a lot of normal fans, I think they're gonna overlook it. But like, I for me, my probably I don't want to say most anticipated fight, but one of my most anticipated fights on this entire card. And you brought it up earlier, Treshawn Gore versus Brian Battle. <clears throat> both guys from Tough. Both guys very promising prospects. Sean Gore, 27, Brian Battle, 27 as well. You know, very interesting fight, man. What are your thoughts on that kind of that tough kind of tough fight? Like, this is a real tough finals, in my opinion. Dude, it is. It's a real tough finals. I mean, Treshawn, he put out uh, our boy Gilbert Rubina, dude, when they fought on the show. Uh he got it done a lot quicker, if I remember right, than what Brian did. So if I'm Brian, I'm kind of like, shit, man. It took me a little bit to get him out. I got him out a little quicker the second time, but I had already beat him the first time, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, or actually, no, he didn't fight him. I, I'm thinking I'm th- he didn't fight him a second time. My bad. I was thinking about Trey Sean's fight. But regardless, though, still, though, uh, tough fight for uh, for both guys, right? I mean, there's a lot on the line here, even doing, mm-hmm. you know, Brian already has the tough contract, and Trey Sean obviously signed to the UFC now, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. they're both signed. Yeah. So they're, they're both, they're, they're going to keep fighting, man, but. For me, Brian grew a lot in in that in the, when they when they fought on the when they fought on the actual card. I mean, he physically looked significantly better than when he did on the Ultimate Fighter. Granted, though, they have to cut multiple times throughout the show and stuff like that. So you know, I'm, I'm guessing it's a lot harder to stay in that kind of shape with diet and everything. But now, man, I saw him. He looked a lot bigger, a lot fuller, a lot stronger. Uh, he has a lot of experience, man. I think people don't know this, but he had a, a pretty decently sized amateur background, and he's fought on a number of weight classes. Treshawn is the less experienced guy, but he has some fucking power, man. When he hits you, it has a visible effect, and he's one of those guys who's hungry for it, man. And he was the guy that I think I, I think we both picked him to win. Like he was our guy to pick the win. We picked uh, we both had Ricky and Treshawn. I forgot what it was, but we we had eyes on all the guys, like the main guys who we thought were gonna win. So, and Treshawn's here, man. He was one of those guys we picked, and he's uh, he has his chance here to. To get that tough win, but not that tough win, because it's not a, it's not part of the show anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's interesting. He's that guy that we kind of pinpointed like super early on in the show. Like Treshawn Gore, he's that guy. Brian Battle too, but to a lesser extent. I feel like I remember. I don't remember who we picked. I think. Um, did you pick Brian or I know that I picked Treshawn? Something along those lines. I think I actually now that you mention it, I picked uh, Andre. Oh, Andre, yeah. Andre's a he's a bad man too, so now he's gotten yeah, some he's, wins as coming to the UFC, so he's doing fine. Yeah, he's doing fine, but this is gonna be a hell of a fight, man. I know I picked Trey Sean. Um and it's gonna be a very, very fun fight. Like I said, this is a deeper card than a lot of what people are kind of talking about, but probably because we're like one of the six people that actually watched the tough season. Um which by it's the way just we care about the fighters, Josh. We care about, about combat. We do. Speaking of tough, dude, I gotta get your quick opinions on this. And it was not like in the lineup, but the next tough season, 
Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena. They're going to be the coaches. Juliana Pena said that on the Joe Rogan Experience. I'm not sure if you saw that, that newest JRE. I did. Um, yeah, by the way, Juliana Pena, much more funny than I originally gave her credit for. Um, she said she wants to do stand-up. So. Yeah, she's fucking hilarious, dude. Um, I understand some people were like, dude, she's so dumb. But I, like that part where she pulls out a calculator to figure out her age is the funniest shit. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was really funny. Anyway, so next tough season, looking like it's Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. What are your thoughts on that, man? I know some people really actually hate that kind of move, but I think it'll be fun. I mean, I think they can make it interesting. I still thought Izzy Whitaker would have been a great season. I think they could have done like Australia versus New Zealand slash New Zealand Nigeria versus Australia. You know, however the fuck they wanted to do it, right? Yeah, I think that would have been awesome. Or if if I like I told you, Josh, I know it was too hard for Kobe to stay in character for a whole season. Masvidal versus Kobe. I mean, that would have been a fucking banger, dude. And you know that pay per view would have been even more insane. You know, they could have done all Miami fighters, you know, the whole season in Florida, you know, not even in Vegas. They could have done something like that, and it could have been fun. But I don't know. They decided not to go in those directions. And, uh, I mean, I felt like those were two great options. Shit, dude, even Moreno-Davison, they could have done that, and I think that could have been a fun season, especially with Moreno being a former tough, you know, competitor. Mm-hmm. Or just Moreno, some, I don't know, however they want to do yeah. Pantoja, like whatever. Like they They had options. Yeah, man, I am legitimately excited for this newest tough season, though. I actually really liked, uh, like, the, the latest one they did. And I know we talked about that whenever it happened. We'll talk about it more whenever, um, obviously, this new one's going to come up. But I believe Juliana said she's, like, looking to fight in, like, June. So I guess that would put the tough scheduling probably around, like, what, like, April, May? Something along those lines. Uh, so we won't be seeing the new season for a while. But, you know, I actually am very cool with that being the same coach. Because Juliana Pena, dude, she's not get the credit. She's pretty good shit talker. I think she's very entertaining. Um, and she's done more press than any fighter I've ever seen since winning the belt. Like, she's been on multiple talk shows. I think she's going on Ellen, like, this week. Like, Holy shit. She, yeah, and she was on, like, another talk, Good Morning America, not that long ago. She went on JRE. She's gone to a bunch of sports stuff. She is everywhere, dude. Like, she's making the most for opportunity. Um, and being on Tough is another part of that. So, good for her. I think it's going to be a very fun, tough season. But, yeah, dude, uh, this upcoming tough fight, Trayshawn Gore, Brian Battle. One of my most anticipated fights on the card overall. It's going to be a very, very fun one. Uh, looking on down, are there a couple other fights? I know, like you mentioned, like it's, it's a very deep card that a lot of people are kind of like not realizing. What are some of those other fights you're looking to talk about? Bro, I got to give a shout out to my boy Haitan Almeida, man, from Brazil, dude. He was on the Contender Series, dude. He surprised me a lot. I think he has a high ceiling. He's my prospect to watch at light heavyweight who's not ranked right now, bro. If you want to watch some, I think he's going to bring a very entertaining fight against Danilo Marquez. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's going to be a great fight. Um, man, that's – honestly, I haven't really – I'm going to be honest. I have not really paid attention a lot to Almeida. Um, but, you know, <laughs> regardless, uh, that should be a fun fight. Um, dude, here's here's a, here's a sad one for me personally. Um, Alexis Davis coming back. I like Alexis Davis. She's 37. Uh, she's kind of – it's easy to forget, but she was one of the first real – fighters that come into the women's bantamweight division uh she's still around still doing the damn thing taking on julia Sildarenko, angel i'm not sure if you remember she was the one that put an absolute banger on an invicta the i bloodiest, will never forget yeah bloodiest fight i've ever seen in person i remember i went in i like literally wasn't supposed to do it i jumped up on the cage and took right before i left and took a quick photo of like the aftermath and it was blood everywhere against her fighting sleeves of Versosa. Yeah, if she loses, she will be – I don't remember the exact stat. Um, I believe she'll be one of the few fighters in UFC history to go 0-4 and, 
in her in her four fights. Now, granted, one of those was on tough, um, the tough finale, I guess I should say, against Leah Letson. She lost to Julia Avila. She lost to Wardiana Kunitskaya. So there's a lot of quantifiers within that, but she will have the unfortunate Dana Dare being 0-4 in the UFC, which is very rare for any fighter to get to that point. Um, damn, man, that kind of sucks, but... Um, yeah, man, it's going to be a fun fight, her against Alexis Davis. We'll love to see on that one. And honestly, I don't think there's a whole lot of – I mean, obviously, they want Hakeem Dawadu is back, taking on Michael Trezano. Dude, Michael Trezano um, – He's forgotten, dude. He's one of the most forgotten tough winners of all time. Like, I don't know who's worse than him. Like, he beat fucking Joe Janetti, and Joe Janetti is hated, by the way. He's one of – I don't know if he's even relevant enough to be hated, but, like, I saw so many people out of that tough season being like, God, this dude fucking sucks. Like, just, like, as a, as a human being, I already hated that guy. Um, he's supposed to fight Patty Pumblin in, like, um, on the regional scene. And, like, he missed weight horrifically. Everybody hates that kid. He beat Luis Page Warriors? Yes, Joe Gennetti was. Okay, that's what I asked. <clears throat> so, Michael Trezano beat him to win tough. He beat Luis Pena, and he, you know, he lost to Grant Dawson, took off two years, actually took off a year between the Luis Pena and Grant Dawson fight, took off two years between his win against Levi uh, Klein, and now he's going to fight Dawadu. So, um, weird career for him, honestly, weird career arc. Higgin Dawadu should probably win this one, but who knows? I'm not really sure how good Chisano is. Um, and the last one I kind of want to highlight, Malcolm Gordon. Um you know, two fights in, he looked like he might not be very good. Like, he was coming in with a, with a decent bit of hype. You know, he, he was a TKO flyweight champion up in Canada. Um, he was a former WXC champion, also think in Canada. He, uh, very good guy on the regional scene for a long time there. Comes in the UFC, loses two straight fights, both via finish. Uh, but he beat Francisco Figueredo, the brother of Davison, um, recently. And now he's back, opening up the card against Demi Bondar. Very interesting fight there. Dude, a, a Ukrainian stud on the ground. Just, you yep. Know. Yep. Very interesting fight card, man. And I guess the one I actually forgot to highlight, uh, Chidi Onanjaki. I've been a fan of this guy for a long time. I think he's probably past his prime now. He's 33, but he's an old 33. He's been fighting at a high level for a long time. Um, I don't remember if he fought for the Bellator title or if he, like, was, he was in title contention for a long time. Um, he was like a Bellator guy up in like 2015, 2016. It was one of the top guys in that division. He got cut in 2020, went to LFA, fought his way in the contender series, fought a young prospect, Mario Souza, who I'm assuming was expected to steamroll him because he was like 12 and 113 and one at that point. He beat him, got a contract. Now he's taking on Mark Andre Barriol. I'm not sure how much Chitty uh, has left in his career at this point in time, but I think he's going to go out on his shield, man. I think he's here for fun fights at this point in time. I'm excited for him, man. I'm really happy for him to finally get that opportunity. So, yeah, man, very, very fun. Um, and I guess, like, kind of, since we're kind of closing out that card, the only thing we kind of do now is kind of just, you know, talk about some couple, uh, recent fights that have been announced. Um, we went over a couple of them already, Bader Congo, uh, the Nunes rematch, uh, stuff going on for Tough. But, you know, we're going to hit a couple of quick fight announcements and then wrap up. Um, just recently... Announced both for the same card actually. Holly Holm, Caitlin Vera will be main eventing a card in May. However, in the co-main event spot, in my opinion, arguably the more interesting fight, Alexander Gustafson taking on Ben Rothwell. Dude, what are your couple? Both those fights happening on the same card. What are your early impressions of those fights? Then those are both fun fights. Obviously, like I don't want to get into the analysis right now because I don't want to like 
you know, not have anything to talk about in the future or kind of already established my thoughts. But uh, like I told you before, man, Gus a heavyweight, not a big fan, but you know something I think against uh, Big Ben, I think it might be might be fun. I think the matchup is fun, but uh, I don't know, man. It's not still not a crazy heavyweight fan of Gus. I'm not sure why he decided to make this decision. I guess he, I guess ever since he took a little bit of retirement and started building up a dad body, he's like, you just think, fuck it, I'm not cutting down to 205 ever again. I guess. Well, let's when let's remember, dude. He was supposed to fight Paul Craig last July down at 205. So, um, bit of a weird move, dude. Honestly, a bit of a weird move. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I don't like him at heavyweight either. Um, I understand like why he's doing it. He thinks he might have like a speed advantage, and I think that Verdum fight, like his first heavyweight fight, I don't. I think it's a bit of an aberration. I think that's just a terrible matchup for him. Like if you got in, submitted by Anthony Smith in your last fight, like I'm not exactly sure what you think you're gonna do. Being that weighed by 20 pounds, he's a heavyweight. He's arguably the greatest grappler hey, of all yo, time. Hey, and, yo, no disrespect to my boy Anthony Smith, though. He's been putting in that work. No, 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 no disrespect. However, like, if you're getting out grappled by, like, him at 205, what are you going to do against, like, a fucking heavy with a, a heavyweight bigger than you and the greatest heavyweight grappler of all time, man? Like, it's a bad matchup for him. So I hate the fact that, you know, he, not, he even had that fight to begin with. But regardless, Ben Rothwell, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, fun fact, if Ben Rothwell wins this one, he will go 2-0 and against UFC former light heavyweight title challengers. Can you remember the other one that he beat? Oh, my God. What the fuck? I feel like I know this. It happened within the last two years. Oh, God. It was a title challenger. Former UFC light heavyweight title challenger, yes. It had it been someone, oh, who the fuck could it be, dude? We talked about this fight a lot in the moment. It was a Dude, fun fight. It was a fun fight. Nearly won it. He won via split. He was fun. Oh, 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 I have it in my head. God damn it, I can't think. Oh, God, I have the name. I can think of this. He fought John Jones. Dude, I have the name, but I can't get it out. I know who it is. Just say it. Oh, Vince St. Preux. They fought. Yes, yes, I had his, it. The second I kept... card. You know what Post fucked me COVID. up, Josh? I kept thinking Von Flu, Von Flu, Von Flu, ah, but I couldn't think the OSP. Von Flu, the Von Flu, you mean? Yeah. I, yeah, dude. I knew it was OSP though. I knew who it was though, Josh. Yeah, they fought in the co-main event of Anthony Smith Glover Teixeira. That yeah, was his second that. card post-COVID. Uh, I thought Ovens won that fight. He knocked him down two times, um, but he ended up losing via split decision. Uh, and now yeah, Rothwell has a chance against to go the cage. Yeah, now he has a chance to go two and zero against former UFC lightweight title challengers. Uh, interesting fight, man. Interesting fight. We'll see what happens. Um, the home Vieira fight, I don't have a whole lot of a whole lot of thoughts on. I think the fact that Holly Holm is still, I don't think she gets enough credit for being how old she is in she's getting. Forty, isn't she? She's forty, and I think she might be forty-one by the time the fight happens. Holy shit! Respect to her, dude. Yeah, and she's still putting in work, dude. This is gonna be May twenty-first, Las Vegas fight night. Um, and she's won two in a row already. She's had two fights canceled. Um. So we'll have to go ahead and see what happens there in terms of like what's from we would happen. She's had a couple of injury problems lately, um, but yeah, man. I guess winner gets a title shot, maybe. I don't know. Um, 135 is in a really weird place right now. Oh no! Uh, by the way, it's, what a weird thing. So she was supposed to fight Juliana Pena in a, in a uh, main event fight. That fight gets canceled because uh, home has to pull out, right? She pulls out during fight week. Juliana, they they're supposed to be a title challenger bout, so they just end up giving her a title shot against Nunez. Uh, she ends up winning the belt. So what a what a weird and I think she probably loses the home, by the way. Um, so huge blessing for for her to have a Holly Home fall out of that fight. So yeah, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on the Caitlin Vieira one, do you? 
Not a lot, man. I mean, like I said, I want to get into the analysis part of it. I think it it, it could be a fun matchup depending what Kalen Vieira we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, it could be a fun matchup. She's coming off the biggest win of her career against Misha Tate. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to go ahead and see what happens. Um, the last fight that we're going to go ahead and talk about is one that I am personally a huge fan of. So, uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, this is more than likely, it has not been confirmed, but he said that, he's, that you know, after his last fight, he said he wants to do one more down at 155. 155 was his home for a long time. Um, obviously, he... He's been fighting at 170 lately. I don't know if it's just because, you know, he's, you know, hasn't felt like cutting weight and so on and so forth. But he's going to be fighting down at 155 for the first time since 2019. And his opponent is the man that is just barely, barely behind him in terms of uh, fight of the night bonuses. Joe J. Lau Lozon, April 30th. Not going to be the main event, but they will be fighting on a fight night. Dude, this is a fight between two future Hall of Famers, two guys kind of both at their same age. Uh, Lozon's 37, Cerrone is 38. Um, dude, this is going to be a banger of a fight, in my opinion. I love this matchup. They very rarely do these fights. A lot of time they just feed the old to the young. Instead, they're giving these two guys a chance to go out and bang for one last time. What are your thoughts about this fight between these two future Hall of Famers? Great, great. I mean, great fucking matchmaking, dude. Great fucking matchmaking. I mean, extremely well done here. I mean, they fucking killed it. Mm-hmm. yeah of course man i mean in terms and i understand some some of you guys may be sitting at home because he hasn't fought in a while joe Lozon's not retired no he's not uh it seems like you know there was discussions about it i know Dan, he told he said that dana white wanted him retired after he knocked out jonathan pierce and his hometown of boston um which was an insane moment he'd lost a couple in a row before that but after a performance like that i don't blame him for not wanting to hang it up and now he's a chance to go out and fight an old veteran um and you know get i mean if, if joe Lawson beats cerrone i don't want to say he'd be the biggest win of his group not the most monumental but he'd be probably one of the biggest names like on his resume um and yeah he is a future hall of famer let me go ahead and say that one i'm a huge joe on homer uh, i've told the reason why on the show before and i also said a lot like why on twitter but yeah i'm a huge joe on fan um and he will get in the hall of fame probably first fight to get jim miller both of them were bangers so yeah, dude. I mean, I'm a huge fan of this fight. Very rarely do UFC actually kind of do these fights, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the time they just feed. Yeah, you know I mean, shit, dude. We saw what happened with Cerrone a couple times there. Like, we saw him, like, old Cerrone get fed to, like, fucking Justin Gaethje, dude. Like, like he's been uh, in that guy, like, in that position where they're just trying to have him get knocked by some of these younger guys for a while now. So, yeah, man. I'm, I love this matchup. Love this fight. Uh, is there any other fight announcements or any other stuff you want to go and hit before we close out? Uh, Jeremy Stevens was released by the UFC and then signed by the PFL. Ooh, that's true. He's going to be fighting at 155. Um, so that'll be, you know what that means, Angel? We have a very real possibility where we're going to go ahead and see him fight Anthony Pettis again. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah, two former. And Clay think, Collar, dude. Clay Collar versus uh, Jeremy Stevens. That's a fun matchup. That is. Uh, Jeremy Stevens is a weird guy because I don't know how good he is at this point in time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how good or bad he is because his like last couple fights. All right. Jose Aldo, there was a title eliminated about how do you want? He would have gotten a title shot. He lost that one via just one of the most brutal of shots I've ever seen. You guys should, should go reach that one. Rewatch that one. If you've not, that was fucking brutal, dude. And before that, he, you know, beat, he knocked out Josh Emmett, knocked out Dugo Choi, RIP. Love that man. Um, and then also he dominated Gilbert Melendez. Uh, he then lost to Aldo, lost to, 
to uh, Sabit in a very fun fight. No contest against Yair. Loses to Yair in a fight of the night. Knocked out by Cal Cater after winning the first round and gets submitted by Montagnes Gamrat immediately. He's fought so many top-level guys in a couple of those fights. Like Zabit was close. Yair was close. Uh, Calvin Cater was close until he got, you know, just got murked. Um, man, I like the signing law for the PFL, but I'm not, I'm, a lot of people are kind of like devaluing Jeremy Stevens. I just have no idea how good he is, honestly, at this point in time. What are your thoughts on him signing? I think it's fun, man. I think the PFL made a good decision going forward with him, and they've picked up some good names, man. I think the PFL are really trying to make a push to get their name out there, be bigger, and with them being on SPN, I think that helps them a lot. And I think they got some potential, man. I think I think the PFL will surprise us here in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely possible. I think the PFL is in a good position where I don't want to say they're they're they might overtake Bellator, but it looks like the way that they're making signings, they obviously they're going to resign Kayla Harrison. They signed Jeremy Stevens. They picked up Pettis last year, Verdum, um, you know, picked up Julia Budd recently. They're in that position where they're trying to make a run for the two spot. I don't know if they'll get there, but props to them for trying, dude. I think there's it's going to be really interesting next season for them. Um, obviously, they're keeping a couple of their young guys, too, like Ray Cooper, which I like that man a lot. Um, so, yeah, man, I like a lot of movies PFL has been making. I like this Jeremy Stevens signing. Like, he got released, and the next day he was with PFL. Like, they're – they're hounding these dudes. Um, so, yeah, we'll go ahead and see what happens. Um, I believe that's all for MMA news, right? That's everything, man. That's everything, yeah. So we hope you guys enjoyed Obviously, there is boxing going down this weekend, but I don't think we have a whole lot of thoughts to give on that one. Give on that one. I mean, do you have any opinions like Keith Thurman versus Mario Barrios outside of the fact that – It's a banger. It's a banger. I mean, I, honestly, I could see either one of those guys winning that, to be people honest with you. I know Keith Thurman's a heavy favorite, but I could see either guy coming out on top. Yeah, don't be surprised. Yeah, it is, I was excited. I actually was thinking about like maybe we should hang out for that one. And then I saw, guess how much that one is? I hope it's not $60, is it? Remember, remember, last time I tried this, it was $40 for Luis Ortiz versus Charles Martin, which was a month ago. Just throw a number out for this one. Dude, I hope it's not 60 Is it 60 It's $75, Angel. Yeah, no one's buying that. Nobody's buying it. If it was like 40 I could see people doing it. Keith Thurman, Mario Barros is coming off a huge fight. Dude, I thought, like, oh, shit, 20 bucks? You need to split it? That'd be fun. No, not this one. Not this one, bro. Um, this is just a rough price tag. I was excited for that one. I'll still be covering it. You know, I'll still watch it. You know, I have my local Buffalo Wild Wings, but um, not going to go ahead and spend the money on it. Um, yeah, man, so not a whole lot to talk about there. In terms of, like, other news, at this point in the time, like, over the last few years, Angel, this is going to be the first time that we're not going to be talking about the Super Bowl with the Chiefs in it on this show. Isn't that kind of weird? I know. It is. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Heart- it's heartbreaking, but it shows how fucking good they've been. That, like, since this show has happened, I believe, unless I'm forgetting, I could be messing up with the timeline. I believe this is the first time we're not going to talk about them in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, man. Uh, fuck Joe Burrow. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I like Joe Burr, but um, yeah. I'm hoping the Rams win. I hope OBJ gets his first ring, although I do Shout hate Shout out. I, I hate the shit that he pulled in Cleveland, but. Um, that's that was really I mean having your dad upload a video calling out Baker Mayfield like who the fuck anyways um <laughs> that's kind of sad that's good. yeah I mean that is I mean it's but dude come on like <laughs> yeah I just teasing you no I know but regardless man uh yeah that should be fun but not gonna really talk about it very depressed by the Chiefs losing I hate football but hope you guys enjoyed this episode as always uh, we try to stretch it out whenever we kind of have these weird weeks there's not a whole lot to talk about next week's gonna be huge though. UC pay-per-view, Robert Whitaker, Israel Alessania for the second time. We've wanted this one for a long time. Can't wait to see it. Angel, I'm going to see you in person for that one. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. As always, 
uh, at Josh Enough for me on Twitter at AngelTaker underscore O one on Twitter for him at Courtside Sound one. Uh, excuse me, actually just at Courtside Sound for all things relating to the show. Hope you guys liked it as always. Feel free to go and follow me and read all my stuff that I've been doing lately. Obviously, I just did get picked up by BJPen.com, but putting some good work in over them over there. I mean, uh, so hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode as always. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.